You are listening to the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center's Pastors Scott and Tina Witwan. Well, let's start over in Romans 8.14 today. This is Healing Service Sunday. This is the day that, that we have committed to, to praying for needs, for healing, spiritually, physically, financially. Amen? Amen. Romans 8.14 says, Those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. See, a child of God should be led by the Spirit of God. That's how the system, that's how God designed the system. And as many as, as many who believe in Christ are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Well, see, sons are entitled to something different than friends are. Amen? I mean, your sons and daughters, they get treated differently than the neighbors do. Amen? Than acquaintances do. And so we are to be led by the Spirit of God. And we are to be able to take and partake as family into the things of God. Amen? Father, we thank you that today, we have the opportunity to come and to worship you. We have the opportunity to, to come and to be part of your kingdom. We thank you that we have the opportunity to come and to participate in your kingdom financially. We thank you that we've had the opportunity to come and open up your word today. Holy Spirit, I ask that you guide us in the word, that we pay particular attention to sound doctrine. We thank you that you bring revelation or rhema knowledge to us today, that we would grow strong in faith, and we'll be sure to give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You know, as I've spent years, you know, going through and studying and, and breaking open the Word of God, the Bible, I've noticed something. That with every principle that God has in His Word, there comes a promise. For every principle, there is a promise. When God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, it wasn't a law, as many look at it, on things that you cannot do in restricting mankind from pleasures of life. It literally is principles so that you can experience the fullness of what God designed you to be. So with principles come promises. Well, see, we have a principle that those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See, the principle is, if you are in connection with God, if you are in, if you're part of the family, if you're being led by God, you will get to experience the blessings of sonship. You know, I've paid for, I've paid for some college in my day for some kids. But who do you suppose got the biggest benefit of the college tuitions that my wife and I have paid for? Our kids. 
right? Because there's a promise, there's a blessing of being a son or a daughter. And God is no different. And so it's important that we learn the spiritual principles. Now, I know we took 26 weeks talking about the spiritual principles, the gifts of the spirits, the administration of the spirits, the activities of the Holy Spirit. 26 weeks learning about uh, the supernatural. But I want you to go with me again to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I want to read from verse 1, because this is, this is a fundamental statement, I would say, that Paul makes here, and it carries throughout the scripture, and it was also part of the theme of Jesus' ministry. He said, now concerning the spiritual. Now remember, in the original text, gifts is not in this verse. If you have a King James Bible, you'll notice that it's italicized. Paul is talking about the spiritual. He says, now concerning the spiritual, brethren, I do not want you to be without gnosis. That's the Greek word for knowledge. I don't want you to be without knowing something. In other words, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to understand how the kingdom works. It's important that you understand how the kingdom works. Jesus understood how the kingdom worked. Amen? And when he came ministering, Jesus did not come preaching a new revelation. He came preaching from the law and the prophets. But he came preaching with revelation. So that people could understand and it would be revealed to them the promise that was inside the principle. Right? And the New Testament literally is the promise of the Old Covenant principle. And for those who, who say, well, you know, I don't want the Old Covenant. That was the law. That was bondage. It's all Jesus preached from. It's all Jesus referred to. When he was here, he referred to it. When he had his debates with the Pharisees, it was all about the Old Covenant. Jesus, how come your disciples, you know, are going through the grain field and plucking the heads of grain and eating them, which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? And Jesus said, haven't you written how David, he went in and he took the showbread and he ate it and gave it to his men to eat, which is not lawful to do. But see, Jesus said there's a more important principle here you're missing. See, you like the fact that there's rules that are set up to bind men and women from being able to experience the fullness God has for them. But understand this, that the Sabbath was made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath. See, you weren't designed to worship the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made as a day of restoration for mankind. But see, you know, when religion gets involved, it perverts things. It creates rules. Rules that can't be followed, rules that man can't live up to. You can never be good enough in religion. There will always be a shortcoming. But you know what? In sonship, you're always good enough. Because you'll always be my son, you'll always be my daughter. I have seen parents with kids 
who when you look at the situation, you say, why even waste the time? But I've seen parents spend all, do all, go all. Why? Because they're family. They have the promise of sonship. So Paul is writing here about the importance of understanding how the principles of the kingdom kingdom works. I want to read verse 2. He says, hey, you know that you were without God at one time, unbelievers. That's what the word Gentile means, without God. And you were carried away unto dumb idols, however you were led. See, a dumb idol is anything that is contrary to the word of God. Anything that you have learned that is contrary to the word of God is a dumb idol, and it is keeping you from the blessings of God. That word dumb literally means silent. It is, it is the, the pervasive things that sneak into societies and try to pervert societies, and that we become accustomed and acquainted with, and then we start judging the Bible based upon our cultural experiences or our societal experiences, instead of judging culture and our social norms by the Bible, we start perverting it and going it backwards. And we start saying things about how wrong it is for the church to be involved in government. When that's just perverted, because where, where it should stop is that government should not be involved in the church. But these dumb idols become part of many churches' cultures or many believers' cultures. And then when you start talking about biblical truth, they say, well, you're, just a politi- you're, you're too political for me. No, what's happened is it's been perverted because, the, because you don't understand the spiritual makeup that God has made you with. In other words... You're ignorant about how the Spirit of God or how the spiritual works, things related to the kingdom of God. And anything that separates you from God is simply a dumb idol. It literally means ignorance that's silent and perverts the truth of God's Word. See, you will only believe what you've learned. You will only believe what you learned. When I, grew, when I grew up as a, as a young boy, all I knew was what the Catholics had taught me about God. That's what I'd learned. That's all I knew about it. We didn't read the Bible, but we had the Bible. We weren't supposed to read the Bible. The, you know, the priest does that. So we didn't know. We didn't, under, didn't understand, because that's what I had learned. I mean, if you grew up in a household where, you know, uh, promiscuous lifestyle is acceptable, all of a sudden, you may go to a crusade and get saved, but nothing has changed what you have learned. And that's why adultery and fornication is as rampant inside the church as it is outside the church. You know, and the church has done a good job of covering it up. 
you know, but it gets exposed and then we get called out as hypocrites. Let me give you an example. If you were taught that the gifts of the Holy Spirit have expired, have passed away with the last apostle, and there's mainstream, modern, today, churches that, that proclaim the new birth, that believe that. I mean, but it, it, if that's what you've been taught, and that is how you've been raised, and that's, that's the teaching that you're getting on a regular basis, you will not experience the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in your life. The word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, working of miracles, faith, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, discerning of spirit. You won't understand it. Why? Because you haven't learned it. In fact, is you've learned just the opposite. I've had some good conversation with well-meaning uh, Baptist ministers regarding the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues. And generally when we get done, their conclusion is, well, if God did it and I did it, then I'd, then, but that's good for you, but we really don't believe it exists today. And no one, none of them and no one has ever showed me in the Bible a chapter and verse where it says that the gifts have ended. No, in fact, it's Jude, who was Jesus' half-brother, wrote a very small letter regarding the church. And much of it was about praying in the Holy Spirit and building yourself up on your most holy faith. Paul said, and he wrote two-thirds of the, what we call the New Testament, Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all do. But if, if you've been taught that the gifts have passed away, then you will believe that the gifts have passed away. However, if you've been taught and see and hear the power of God in daily life, you read the Bible without denominational filters on, you'll start to understand that God has a whole lot more for us because his desire is that we operate on earth with kingdom dynamics. Isn't that what Jesus prayed in the Lord's Prayer? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, there's no sickness in heaven, so that's not God's will. But I've heard well-meaning, born-again believers say, well, you know, God gave me this sickness to, to, to prove something, to teach me something, so I'd learn something. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It's not scriptural. It's not in the Bible. Jesus said, I came that you would have life and have it more abundantly. Not one time did Jesus go out and minister to the people and lay hands on them so they'd get sick. Not one time. He not one time prayed for somebody to give them a disease so that they'd learn something from God. Not one time. No, he healed all who were oppressed of the devil, the Bible says, because God was with him. God doesn't have any sickness and disease. So we will know, we will understand, our knowledge will come from that which we've learned. And so if you are not in a faith church and don't understand the importance, the dynamic 
of faith in a believer's life, you will not have, I'm telling you right now, you will not have faith for the problems and trials and tribulations that we face in life. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we need to be in a church that uncompromisingly preaches the word of God. Uncompromisingly. Doesn't want to tear one page out here and one page out there because it doesn't fit into what they believe. When you run into a situation where what you believe is different than what the Bible says, you don't change the Bible. You change what you believe. I can tell you right now that there are churches, air quotes on churches, out there who have basically changed the Bible to fit their own narrative, their own modern-day revelation. But Paul wrote to Timothy and told him that there would come a time when people would have itching ears, desiring to, to be taught the things that they want to hear, and that there would be teachers proclaiming what he called doctrines of demons. It's things contrary to the, to the Bible. And if you're ignorant, that's why Paul says, now concerning the spiritual, I don't want you to be ignorant. If you're ignorant about how the kingdom of God works, how the spiritual dimension works, you'll buy in hook, line, sinker and fishing pole i mean you'll take it all you'll take it all in first peter 2 2 peter writes as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby see as people who have heard the word of faith we should be growing by it growing stronger in faith Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word is actually, that word hearing is actually a perpetuating by hearing and hearing. Not having heard. Faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by continual hearing. I mean, you can hear by reading. You can hear by quoting it to yourself. You can hear by video. You can hear by audio. You can hear by your iPad. I mean, there is lots of ways that you can hear. You can hear by coming to service on Sunday. You can hear the word in many different forms, but faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And see, our pursuit of God, and literally this is a pursuit, our pursuit of God, because that's what Matthew 6.33 and Hebrews 11.6 talk about, is about this pursuit. Our, literally, our pursuit should be one that could be described as more of God. That literally should be our, our pursuit. If we're going to understand who we are spiritually and develop our faith in the Creator, we have to have a, a, an outlook that is more of God. And just for reference, Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom of God. And Hebrews 11, uh, 6 says, those who diligently seek him. See, it's about developing the relationship. 
Because if, if, we don't, if we don't pursue more, then literally we end up having less. See, if you're not actively growing, I mean, weightlifters understand this. You know, they're in the gym, they're lifting weights, they're lifting weights, they're getting stronger because they're getting the more. They're getting the more. But if they take a couple months off, all of a sudden, they go back to the gym and they notice it. You don't, you don't stay where you were. You digress. That's where the, the, the term backslide comes from. You digress. But see, our pursuit is about more of God because that's what relationship's about. That should be your relationship in your marriage too. It should be more about, I want to know more about my spouse. I want to understand them more. I, don't, I, I want to understand how, how to be able to communicate more with them. It, it's a pursuit of more. But see, most of the church, I can tell you from experience, most of the church doesn't want more. Most of the church wants to come in, hear a good, nice message. Oh, that was a, that, that was a nice talk, Pastor. That was a nice talk, Pastor. I think last week I told you this should be a place of uncomfortableness. We should be uncomfortable when we realize that, 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 that we are not where we should be spiritually. We are not where we should be in our relationship when, with our communion with God. Our relationship should be more. Paul writes of Abraham in Romans 4.20. I want to read it from the Amplified. In Romans 4.20 from the Amplified, it says, No unbelief or no distrust made him waver. Doubtingly question concern the promises of God. Abraham said, hey, it doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what I hear. I am not going to doubt. I'm not going to waver. I am going to stay steadfast concerning the promises of God. And then it says, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. See, Abraham was able to grow in faith. See, when you operate the principle, you receive the promise. The promise of more of God is growth in your faith arena. It's growth in your relationship arena. It's growth in who you are spiritually because you're becoming more like the kingdom of God or more like God. Peter also told us to grow in faith. So it must be possible for us to develop our faith. It must be possible for us to continue to to have faith come by hearing and hearing and hearing the word. It must be possible. It worked for Abraham. Peter's told us the same. We can grow strong in faith. I don't know why there's so much of the, of the body of Christ that is comfortable with being weak in faith. Relying on pa- prayer groups. I hear people say, oh, if we just had more prayer. What scripture is that in the Bible? There's no scripture in the Bible that says the more prayer you have. See, and, and people feel comforted why? Because their flesh 
is being comforted. Oh, I know 50 people are praying for me. It's such a comfort. Well, it is to the flesh. But when you start to understand what relationship's about, you'll start to understand what kind of prayer actually does something. I have people come to me, oh, pastor, you need to be praying for this. What am I supposed to be praying about that? You know, there's an old networking saying that says, be specific to be terrific. Be specific to be terrific. Jesus said, say unto the mountain, be removed and not cast into the sea. Well, I got to know what mountain I'm speaking to. I got to know what I'm speaking into. What am I praying for? I have authority. And I want to use it. I don't just, you know what, when you, go, when you go pheasant hunting, you just don't get out with your shotgun and just start shooting everywhere, hoping you hit something. And that's how most people pray. They're just shotgunning prayers all over the place. And they're beat down, miserable. Still trusting God, but beat down and miserable. And nothing isn't happening. Because they're not praying biblically. They're not praying in faith. It's faith that moves mountains. Not prayer. In fact, as Jesus even spoke to the Pharisees about all of their prayers that they were praying, they said they're just vain ramblings. You've come up with some very eloquent, very long prayers to be heard in the marketplaces. But don't think that that you're going to get anything so we can grow stronger. We can develop our faith. It's a process. It's a process of getting, acquiring, or putting on, literally renewing our mind to the mind of the anointing. That's what the word Christ means. We want to transform our mind to the anointing of God, to to the anointed one of God. See, it's a process. People a lot of times want to know, well, what are the three steps? Well, really, there's, one, there's only one step. Hear my word and do it. Jesus says it's really easy. Just hear my word and do it. Okay? So step two is a big one. Okay? Because here it is. Here's the word. Jesus said, hear my word and do it. And then he said, I'll pray the Father. And he and I will come and make our home on the inside of you. See, there's the answer. Seek first. Diligently. Pursue. To develop that relationship or develop a mindset. See, your soul works in the fleshly area. And it needs lots of work. Because faith is not a mind thing. Faith is a heart thing. So the transformation has to happen here first. When it happens here, then it can start to happen here. That's why it takes some time. That's why the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, if you haven't dealt with the spirit, your human spirit, you haven't dealt with this spirit, You're not going to have any control over this thing. I mean, James even said, hey, look, the mouth is a fire. That tongue, woo. 
I mean, it's like a rudder on a ship. And he says, and Jesus said, but it's the abundance of the heart. The only way you'll ever transform this is by transforming this. And when you transform the heart, then you can transform the soul. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your what? All your heart. It doesn't say trust in the Lord with all your mind. This isn't PMA. This isn't positive mental attitude. This is relationship. This is a kingdom dynamic. This is one that the world can never understand. They can't experience it. The things of God are spiritually discerned. Those who worship him have to worship him in spirit and in truth. In Romans 10.10, we talk about this all the time when we're given an altar call. For with the heart, man believes. See, if it works for salvation, what would make you think it doesn't work for faith? What would make you think that it's not the the foundation for developing a soul-transforming life? That's why when you got born again, it didn't renew your mind. When you got born again, it regenerated your spirit. Your spirit was dead spiritually, and it came alive. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it says it becomes empowered. And if you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you have every tool you need in order to make this word work. You've got it all. Every one of these books that are written in the New Testament were written by born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking Jews. How do you like that? We call them Messianics, right? Somebody said to me the other day, he says, I thought you didn't like Jews. What do you mean I didn't like Jews? I'm a born-again believer. Why wouldn't I like Jews? Well, the Jews killed Jesus. I said, Jesus was a Jew. I said, How, why would I not like Jews? Gen- Genesis 12 says in verse 1 through 3, when he called Abraham to go to a land he knew not of, in, in verse 3, he said, I will bless those who bless you. Why wouldn't I like Jews? But see, that's the perception. It's the un- un- unregenerated. It's the perception of life. It's the social norm. If I'm Christ, then I'm Abraham's seed. How can I hate Jews? I'm a Jew. I've just been adopted. I'm Abraham's seed. And now I'm an heir according to the promise. So when we say hard, it speaks of the spirit of man. In Proverbs 20, 27, it says, The spirit of, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. I like this also in, in the King James because it says, and the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts. See, your spirit is searching for what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. It's listening for the communication from the Holy Spirit. It is literally the light. It is the lamp of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit speaks through your spirit. That's why we started with Romans 8, 14. As many as are led... 
by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. See, the Holy Spirit leads us by our spirits. Now, you're starting to see why God doesn't want us to be ignorant about things that are spiritual. I mean, this is our connectivity to Him. This is our connectivity to everything that heaven has. It's designed for you. You know, Brother Hagin, in the early days, he wouldn't go and do uh, a meeting unless he had at least three weeks. He, started, he did some that were two weeks, and he said that they, that they really weren't very good because they weren't near the healings, the miracles, and stuff, but three weeks. And the reason is, he says, it took about three weeks to teach all the doubt and unbelief out of people. To get them from all the things that they've learned in church and learned from family and learned about God but didn't really know about God. To teach that all out and get the Bible in. And he said, then he'd start to see signs and wonders and miracles. And here, I, here we've got 45 minutes in one day. Hallelujah. But it's easier to see why God doesn't want us to be ignorant. See, when you start with a foundation of faith, when you start with a gnosis, a knowing of how things work spiritually, how God is, understanding, your spirit is strong, you're growing strong in faith, it gets easier. That's why the Apostle John said in 3 John 2, Beloved, I desire above all things that you prosper and be in health. But he says it'll happen as your soul prospers. Well, your soul can't prosper until your spirit's flourishing. Because it's spiritually out of the abundance of the heart that's going to transform your mind. It's a spirit thing. I know lots of people who know lots about the Bible, and and sometimes I sit down and have conversations with them, and I'm like, you can tell there's no spirit, there's no power behind it. They've lost the believing for today, and it's become just stories, just good stories. It's history, just history about things that have happened. But see, the Word of God is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, the Bible says. Hallelujah. This mind, this, see, this mindset, this, this, this spiritual mindset should dwell inside of us. In Philippians 2, 5, and 6, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Why? Because you can do the same thing that Jesus did. And Jesus could do the same thing that the Father did. He didn't consider that robbery, and you shouldn't either. You shouldn't consider out of place. Somebody says, well, who do you think you are, God? Well, I think I'm God's man on the earth. I think you are too. Every one of us. So yes, I don't consider it robbery. When somebody says, I have a need, I say, well, I believe God can deal with that. I believe God can heal it. I think God has an answer for that. You think so? No, I know so. I know so. Because the Bible tells me. It's so. In Ephesians 3.20, it talks about um, how God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. But he goes on to say, and it's according to the power working in you. See, things in the kingdom work 
through you, according to the power that's in you. But if there's no power, there's no performance. I mean, I don't know how many of you have ever let off a, a dud firecracker. No power. Most of the body of Christ is dealing with that. They have no power, so they're not seeing any, any transformation, any performance. There's no explosion, and yet... When we got baptized with the Holy Spirit, it says we were endued with dudamus or dynamite power, explosive power made to transform. And that's why Jesus so many times said, hey, it's according to your faith. And that's why Brother Hagin said it took three weeks because he had to get people's faith levels. He had to get people's faith levels to where they could believe. In Matthew 9, 29, when Jesus touched... Uh, their eyes, he said, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. See, the receiver has a part to play. Remember, when Jesus was in his own town, he could do no mighty works because of their doubt and unbelief. Jesus, yes, the Son of God. But when he was in his own town, doubt and unbelief stopped the power of God from operating. No wonder he says now concerning the spiritual, I don't want you to be ignorant because ignorance stops the power of God in people's lives. In Matthew 9, 22, Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said to this woman who had this issue of blood, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And from that very same hour, the woman was made whole. In Mark 10, 52, Jesus said unto him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. That's why in 1 John 5, 4, it says, This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. That's the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. See, signs and wonders and miracles happen in atmospheres of faith. transforming power of God operates in faith because without faith it's impossible to please God for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him Jesus said when I return will there be faith in the world see he's looking for people of faith people who are, are refuse to be compromised by what the world says. People who refuse to take the social and cultural norms. People who will stand in faith and believe God. The Apostle James said that it's the prayer of faith that saves the sick. See, it's not the prayer of numbers. It's the prayer of faith that saves the sick. And so today is Healing Service Sunday. And we're going to call upon the name of the Lord. We're going to stand in faith. And if you're here today and you have a need, physical, it doesn't matter what it is. I've seen cancers. I've seen heart diseases. I've seen deaf ears open up. I've seen glaucoma removed. I've seen scoliosis healed. It doesn't matter what it is. There is no name that's above the name of Jesus. At that name, every knee shall bow. 
the name of sickness, the name of disease. I don't care whether it's cancer or blood disease. I don't care whether it's dementia. It doesn't matter what it is. It all has to bow its knee. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Jared. So if you have a need and you're here today, I want you just to come and let me lay hands on you as a sign, as a step of faith. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick. If you have a need financially, I want you to come. Let me put my faith with yours. And agree that every need, everything will be healed by the power of God. Lord, stretch out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And if you're online today, you can go out to our website. Put in a prayer request at valorcc.com. Let us pray for you. Let us pray knowing that nothing is impossible with God. Hallelujah. Just come. focus on, on me. Pastor Tina, come with me. I just want you to come be with me this morning and join your faith with mine. I want you to focus on me. I want you to focus on God this morning. We're going to come and pray for you. and Just let everything go. Set aside all the troubles and all the cares that, that, that are in this world. Set aside what the financial advisor said. Set aside what the doctor said. Set aside what your husband or wife said. doesn't matter. We're going to lay hands on you, and we're going to agree. Hallelujah. Hold on, Jared. Do you know, Lord, in his presence, there's healing divine. There's no other power can save, Lord, but thine Holy Spirit. Thou art welcome in this place. Those of you who know it. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, Thou art welcome. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that it's not by might, nor by power, but by your Spirit, by the Spirit of God. And I thank you, Lord, that as we lay hands today for supernatural, supernatural miracles, in Jesus' name, go ahead, Jared. 
Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. I thank you. Just lift your hands to heaven. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father. As we lay hands on the day, I say healed in the name of Jesus from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I thank you, Father. Just let it go. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I curse sickness and disease. By your stripes, she is healed. You took all her sickness on the cross. And I thank you, Father. been listening to a recording from the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center with senior pastors Scott and Tina Whitwam. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, according to Romans 10:9, your word says, if I confess you as Lord and Savior and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that you would come into my heart and I would be saved. I now confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact our office so that we may rejoice together with you. Call Valor Christian Center at 480-545-4321. That's 480-545-4321. Or by email at info at valorcc.com. That's info at ValorCC.com or by mail to the church address at 3015 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, 85296.